You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, this is Taylor Vipolis, and as always, I'm joined by Tar Heel football letterman and current radio analyst for the Tar Heels, Deems May. Deems, UNC coming off a tough loss in Blacksburg to Virginia Tech. What were your overall thoughts and takeaways from that game? Well, I'll tell you, I've been unfortunately a part of a, a lot of losses. Um over the years, but I can't remember one that really hurt uh, quite as bad as that one. That one was tough, just given where we are in the program as far as the momentum that was building and a coastal division on the road, a winnable ball game, and uh, just coming up short. Again, um, six overtimes. Uh, a lot of us uh, didn't know the rules. I didn't know about the rule change, but um, Overall, 31 points should have taken care of it in, in, in the regular, you know, in the regular time allotted. So um, just, yeah, just crushing it. It's, it's going to take a while to get over this one. I can't imagine uh, as a fan, you know, I can't imagine how the players are feeling, but uh, it's going to be a tough task for uh, for these guys to put it behind them, but they're young and got a good coaching staff and They'll try to get it, put them behind them. But I think the one thing that, that I hope they take away from it, and we've been talking about it for a while now, is Virginia Tech didn't, hasn't played that well all year. Um, not even close. They had backup quarterbacks and third-string quarterbacks coming in there, completing passes that they've never completed before and, and uh, getting pressure on the quarterback, just everything that they haven't done pretty much all year. So if we don't think that we're going to get everybody's best shot, they can look at that one. And, and if we don't put it behind us and get ready for Duke, Duke, doesn't even look like they game plan for Virginia. They probably were looking ahead to us, and and uh, and Duke beat this team um, by 35 points in Blacksburg. So you look at that, and these guys got to get ready to go play. But man, that, that was a tough one to swallow for sure. Yeah, I think this game was so tough for UNC because there were just so many blown opportunities to put Virginia Tech away, and it wasn't even like you know the defense let them down or the offense let them down or special teams. It was really all these all these units had a chance to win the team the game mm-hmm. and even even the coaching staff they had their moments where you know i bet they wish they had a couple plays back or a couple moments back so it was you know offense didn't punch it in when they needed to in overtime special teams they miss a field goal in overtime to win the game and they get one field goal block defense carolina has that great trick play and then two plays later, the game is is tied again, killing all momentum that the offense just had. So I think it's really disappointing for North Carolina because, you know, wherever you looked, there was a unit that kind of let you down. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> all those are good points. I think I think the one that probably disappointed me the most, and again, I'm not going to get into micromanaging the overtime um, I, because I think 31 points is enough to beat a, 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 an average to below average Virginia Tech team, but but you touched on it. Uh, after after the flea flicker or the reverse flea flicker and uh, the touchdown, we let you know Ironhead Hayward, third string quarterback, run 55 yards right down the middle. And we didn't tackle him, and that's the time when you go up 31-24 with I, I don't know what the time was five minutes, four and a half, uh, something like that. I, I, that's when you have to step up and 
and and and you know we we weren't as good up front. I thought we reverted back a little bit to some softness on both offense and defensive lines, and I thought Virginia Tech got after us pretty good up front, and and I was disappointed in that um, more than anything because when you get that momentum, you got a chance to put them away, and and you got a guy that can't throw it, and you know what's coming, and and you give up a couple big plays. Uh, in the running game like that, it did. That kind of just took the air out of you, and then you throw in six overtimes on top of that, and it, and it just it just didn't feel right after that. That that was a chance right there for our defense to step up, get up in there, and 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 somebody else had to make a play besides Chasserat, who had seventeen tackles. So uh, they got to put it behind them and get ready for Duke. But but uh, there there are a lot of things that that you got to work on, and it it's going to go back to depth too. Our you know I think. I saw a stat about nine out of 11 guys playing just about every play on defense. And, and that, that takes its toll. It's going to take its toll in the year. And we, and, and we got to build our way out of that through recruiting and, and, and on the positive side, there's been some good news, you know, this week uh, in the recruiting front. So help is on the way. We just got to find a way to, to, to learn how to win and win these close games. And we just haven't had a whole lot of luck with it this year, except for one or two. Yeah, that was a stat I had. There was 84 defensive snaps, and these are the players that played all 84 snaps. Tamon Fox, Dominique Ross, Chaz Surratt, Miles Dorn, Greg Ross, Storm Duck. And then 83 snaps, you have Jeremiah Gemmel and Aaron Crawford. And then Jason Strobridge played 77 of the 84, and he only came out uh, when he got hurt. And that just seems like it's a recipe for more players to get to getting hurt because you're just relying on these kids to play an unrealistic amount of snaps. And it's not even like it, – it's it's stressful snaps that they're having yeah. to play. And it's not like the Georgia Tech game where you're blowing them out and, you know, you have a superior talent advantage to them. Virginia Tech is a team that is going to match you with physicality and even be the more physical team at time. And these guys are playing a ton of snaps. Yeah, and and that's been the that's what we've been talking about all year, and, and that was the worry coming in. And you, and you, you you tap on the the injuries in the secondary and and the injuries up front and a really young linebacker core. Um, that's just too many plays against a team that that you know like we just saw. And and you got to recruit your way out of it. You got to develop out of it. And and these guys have got to toughen up and and try to go as hard as they can. But eventually, you know, you just wear out. And and we've had. A lot of snaps this year in a lot of hot weather, uh, a lot of different areas, and and a lot – and then, you know, every game has been down to the wire, with the exception of Georgia Tech. And, and eventually, you know, physically you're, and mentally you're drained, and, and the, you got to find a way to, to make a play at the end of the game. Six overtimes was, was just too much. Coming from the North Carolina program, I know, I know I'm sick of hearing about Virginia Tech's lunch bail defense. I know you're probably – in the same boat and anybody who's come from the Keenan football center is probably in the same boat, but I feel like you do have to give them some credit because they, they do bring the physicality every week. And even if it's just the North Carolina game and the Virginia game, you know, they're going to get up and they're going to be looking to make contact. And I think one area that they did a really good job in was getting to UNC's interior offensive line, especially on the left side at, at center and left guard. Do you think it was an issue getting the communication in because that was Carolina's first like hostile environment in Blacksburg? Do you think it was just Bud Foster out schemed North Carolina offensively or just some combination of the two? I don't I don't think you can say thirty one points given up is, is out scheming anybody. Um it just 
they made plays when they had to. We got beat a little bit. We got roughed up a little bit up front. Um, you know, our left guard did struggle. I think I think there's a combination of, of not playing in a hostile environment all year. Um, a team that that really dislikes North Carolina that we talked about that's played their best game. They won't play that way again for the rest of the year. Uh, they won't come close to playing that way again for the rest of the year. That same lunchbox defense uh, went down to Miami and gave up a thirty, you know, a twenty-five point lead or twenty-eight point lead to a very bad Miami team. It turns out now, so uh, I'm not. I can sit out here and give you know Bud Foster all this credit. You know, I, I think you know thirty-one points is enough to win, and and any kind of lunchbox defense or whatever it is uh, gives up thirty-one points, and you got to find a way on your side to to not give up thirty-one. And I think it's just going to come down to that because that was enough to win, and and especially when you're going against. Um, uh, a second, third team quarterback that, that was one dimensional. I think that should have been enough, and and um, I'm not going to sit here and anoint them, you know, when they're giving up that many yards. They just played the best game of their of, of the season against us, and they won't play that well again. And hopefully, uh, we can bounce back and beat Duke, and and they'll go ahead and and go back to the ways they were before they played us. One positive that I did have from this game, and as a former receiver, I feel like I'm drawn to watching this, the receivers a lot a lot more closely than the game as a whole. And I thought this was the receiver's best game overall. I think Toe Groves, he's kind of stepped up to be a dependable receiver. Uh, Daz Newsom, he has star potential. I think that was on full display on Saturday. Deami Brown, he went down He went down on a, a deep pass, but he's somebody who could consistently take the top off of defense. Anton Green on the trick play. Bo Corrales, strong hands in overtime. Would you – agree that this was the best game you've seen from the receivers top to bottom? Oh, absolutely. And, and you got to give credit to Lonnie Galloway. I, I think they came back and I heard they were working with uh, tennis balls, just had some drops and the drops were, were on easy throws. You remember, I mean, uh, Carl Tucker had a drop. I remember cause I watched the tight ends as well. And, and those ones where, where you, there's nobody around you and give Antoine green credit, you know, on the, on the flea flicker, that's the easiest ball to drop in the world because it's, it seems like it stays out in the air forever. And, and Carl Tucker had one because he just turned his head upfield because there was nobody around him. But give Lonnie and the guys credit. They, they really worked in the bye week on, on, on concentrating, looking the ball into their hands. And I think they did some tennis ball drills. You catch a tennis ball, you can catch a football. So um, credit to them for working hard and, and coming out. We're going to need that a lot because, uh, again, w- w- with our depth struggles on defense, then, then we're, we are going to have to get into some shootouts and, and we got to protect Sam better, but uh, I do think that that was by far the best game for the receivers and, and a tough place to play. Yeah, going back to that Anton Green play, like you said, th- that's an easy ball to drop when you have that much time and you're thinking about it. And it's also easy to just go out and just run that route straight away from the start, knowing that it's coming to you. But I think he did a great job really selling the block and then releasing. He had great patience on it. But the receivers, they had such a great game. Sam Howell had such a great game. Do you think at times Carolina can rely too heavily on Sam Howell? Because we know the strength of this team is the running backs, but I don't think anybody expected Sam Howell to be this good. Do you think that's almost a hindrance to the running backs? Because Javante Williams only had five carries in all of regulation. You know, I I don't know. I I, I really don't know the answer to that question. I think if we – if if we start relying too much on that, there's just, it's just too hard to win. And, and, and we, he threw five touchdown passes and we lost. I mean, I think that just that sums it up as best I can sum it up because that game was too long and, and we needed to run the ball better. Um, we got beat up front. And, and I think 
I think sometimes the tendency is when you have a great quarterback like we do and, and you've got a group of young receivers running around making catches like that, hey, you, you get a couple shots where <laughs> where you get stuffed in the backfield or one or two yards, what's the easiest thing to do? It, it's to go air that thing out and start throwing it. And I thought some of our RPOs were really nice. I thought there was some great play calls on play action. But I think that um, – I think that sometimes we can – you really can say, man, this dude is hot. Let's ride him. Let's ride him. But uh, this game is going to come down to be able to get in a couple yards on, on, the, on the running game and, and being able to bring those linebackers in a little bit more. And I hope we don't get into a phase where we just put it all on a, on a true freshman and, and a group of receivers when, um, when we do have such good running backs. So I think it's human nature, Taylor, to, 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 to get out of something if you get stuffed a little bit, especially when you've got a quarterback that's as hot as Sam was. But – I think the way to really, really have success is, is to get a little bit more balanced. And I, and I know Phil and the rest of the offensive staff want to do that. All right, let's take a quick break so I can remind everybody about Johnny T-Shirt. Family and alumni owned since 1983. They've become your go-to for Carolina apparel. They've got your Carolina football hats, your Carolina football jerseys, your tailgating supplies. Whatever you want Carolina-wise, Johnny T-Shirt has you covered. It's starting to get cold. Treat yourself to a jacket. Treat yourself to a hoodie. You know you deserve it. Carolina's back at home this weekend for homecoming weekend, so make sure you stop by Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. I'm going to be back in Chapel Hill this weekend, so you might catch me and Johnny T-Shirt buying some gear. I really need a nice UNC alumni T-Shirt. I know they've got those. And if you can't get to Chapel Hill, don't forget you could go online to johnnytshirt.com and Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their orders. All right, let's get back to Deems. What were your thoughts on the late game management? A lot of people are coming out kind of complaining about that. The two separate examples that kind of jump out to me is the first one, UNC gets the ball back with 45 seconds before the fourth quarter. Virginia Tech only had one timeout, and North Carolina had to wind up punting the ball back to Virginia Tech. And Luckily, the game did go to overtime. And and then the second example was when Mac Brown took a timeout and kind of iced Noah Ruggles before his field goal attempt. So what were your what were your thoughts on how Carolina managed the game, knowing that they have had struggles in late game management coming up to this point? Hey, I, I don't know. Sitting here in Charlotte, North Carolina, not being around, you know, what's happening on the field during, you know, practice or anything like I, I can't speculate. On, on what went on. I haven't talked to any of the coaches. I think they've had enough enough on their plate. But, you know, sometimes things happen. Sometimes you make mistakes. Football players make mistakes. There's a lot of heat in the game. There's a lot going on at that time. Uh, the last 45 seconds, I think everybody was in shock that we let Ironhead Hayward run 55 yards right down the middle of our defense. You know, I think the uh, after after going up 31-24 and having them score that quick, I, there's just a lot of thing, numerous things that go on. And I coach a little old eighth grade team, and 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 my my offensive line was getting killed the other day, and I didn't make a good adjustment. So I'm not going to sit here and judge anybody on on what happened there. I think 31 points should have been enough to win the game in regulation. I'm not going to get on a field goal kicker or any kind of timeouts or anything like that. 31 points at Blacksburg against a a, a, a third string quarterback should be good enough to win in regulation, and we shouldn't be talking about anything in overtime. But I understand the question marks about it. And I understand why people are asking these. I just, I'm, I'm in no place to speculate on, on why something happened. You know, this is a new staff and they're getting used to each other. And I know it's six or seven games in and you think about maybe it should be better or whatever. But the fact of the matter is 
we've been in a lot of close games, and this staff is brand new together, and maybe they're not on the same page on some things, but I have no doubt, and, and I have plenty of confidence they'll get it worked out. We as player, The players have got to make plays and, and not have these situations where it's going to come down where you can get scrutinized on, on a timeout here or a 45-second, you know, play calling. So we'll get there. It's coming. Yeah, I think play calling also falls in that same window where, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and it's always the first thing you point at. But like you said, 31 points should should get you the win every time in Blacksburg. And I think, you know, some of them just comes down to execution. And there was one point Mac Brown made in his press conference that I wanted to ask you about. It was the the pass interference call that they missed on one of UNC's tight ends, potentially a game-changing play. Instead of Carolina having to punt the ball when they ran the fake punt, you know, you get 15, you get um, a spot foul and an automatic first down. And who knows what happens if Carolina gets a fresh set of downs. Do you think that the referee should have more accountability? Because Mac Brown says there's three elements to the game, our team, their team, and the officials and the officials are the only people that don't get held for what they're supposed to be doing. Well, Taylor, you hadn't, you, you hadn't been around long enough. I've been, I've been on ACC refs for 14 years. Um, they're, they're just none worse than, than, than ACC refs are. And they, and they struggle week in and week out. And you just you look at, look at some other games around the league. I mean, I, I remember there, I think it was a Pitt Duke game. And uh, I mean, they're just, they've just struggled forever. And what are you going to do? You know, I, I think I think that I think the commissioner's got to address it, but they haven't done it. And and every year and it's just not against Carolina. You, you, you watch these other ones and and they're struggling everywhere. Do we get into the NFL type scenario where where they pretty much they give you a chance to review offensive pass interference? Well, if you look at that, they pretty much told people the, the replay booth, uh, unless it's, a, you know, a, a Saints deal like last year in the playoffs or whenever it was then don't overturn it. We're not getting, we're not going down that rabbit hole. So I think, I, I think the best thing is there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, people's livelihoods on the line here, a lot of jobs on the line. Uh, some kids that played hard. It shouldn't come down to, to people missing calls and, and the holding call in, in, in overtime when Javante was running downhill, there, there's another one that's bad. It just, it just seems to happen to the team that, that, that always is, is, is in that close game. And I, I don't know the answer to it other than to start paying these guys full time hold them accountable, and, and and start getting better refs in there. Why do you think Carolina has struggled so much in the past and this season with mobile quarterbacks? You know, I think, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, with, with depth, um, not having the fresh legs in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter. We played in some hot games, man, and, and, and these guys are playing 90 95% of the snaps. Chas Surratt has really come on, I mean, huge. I mean, 17 tackles. But, I mean, the first two or three games, yeah, he was having good games, but he can't make all the plays. We've got to recruit more speed at linebacker. Uh, we got to get more like Chaz and more like Gimmel. But we got to have more than, than just two. We got to have guys coming in there where we can rotate. We got to have at least eight deep on the, on the defensive line that can run. We got to have defensive ends that can get upfield and squeeze and keep their outside arm free, but not over pursue and, and leave these open lanes. Uh, we got to tackle inside out. We hadn't been able to tackle very well. Uh, because of depth, so uh, everything points back to depth, and and depth is 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 only alleviated by by recruiting, and 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 we're on the path right now to to replace a lot of these guys defensively. I think if you look at our class uh, that we have signed up, I think help is on the way. But but when you're giving up, um, you know these scrambles and these these 
these good quarterbacks making people miss, it's normally with some dead legs or, or just not enough speed on the ball and, and, and certainly depth. Another area that UNC has struggled this year is with their field goal unit. Now, that's not something that we're normally drawing our eyes, our eyes to because usually the operation is is great there, but they've had they would have had a delay of game against App State before uh, Drinkwitz took a timeout. They had a delay of game against um, Virginia Tech. They had a field goal blocked against Virginia Tech. They had a field goal blocked against App State. What do you think it is about that unit that they've had so much problems and now Mac Brown is deciding to go to Jonathan Kim to kick field goals and replace Noah Ruggles? You know, I mean, I've been around a long time. I played a lot. If you're going to – the thing that, that – if I had one thing that I really would, would change about Saturday, if I really had a chance, it would be to really go at that at the touchdown when they missed because anytime you leave it in the hands of a kicker, you just never know. I mean, I think Virginia Tech's kicker was really good and what happened to him. And these are just situations where you some kickers really, really don't feel it and some and some feel the pressure. And and any amount of pressure, you know, sometimes you miss that ball a little bit, you hit it high, you hit it low. Um, you, you know, but I, I don't know what the operation is. I think it's just – I think the operations have looked good. I just think that the kicker – is just so many snakes flying around in every kicker's head I've ever known uh, that, that you just kind of want to stay away from them and, and, and just hope they come through. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And if they don't, then, then you got to try somebody and, 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 and see if they can do it. But, uh, again, th- there's some times where it shouldn't be coming down to this. And, and – Anytime you put it in the hands of a kicker, you just never know what's going to happen. All right, let's take one last quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. Despite the loss, Carolina does have some positive news on on the recruiting front. They got Des Evans' five-star commit on Friday, and they got an NC State commit to flip on Sunday, Stephen Gisnell, the wide receiver. How big is this for Carolina to continue this positive momentum on the recruiting trail, picking up big recruits after big recruits and even taking recruits from in-state rivals? I mean, yeah, I, I've heard great things about um, – I mean, I, everybody's excited about Evans. I mean, anytime you got a five-star player that, that commits, there's no need to really break it down. you got a five-star. They don't – I mean, you knock on wood, you rarely miss on, on five stars. And, and But I, I think this this Gosnor, Gosnell um, from East Surrey, I just – I mean, I've heard he's really come on. I think he's 6'2 or 3, runs really well, great routes. 
and and anytime you flip from an, from an in-state rival, it, it is a good thing, and it creates more and more momentum, uh, not only for you know finishing off this class, but for for next year's class and 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 starting to build that. I think the thing that we've talked about since Coach Brown's first time around here has always been, you know, putting a, putting a wall around the state of North Carolina and getting the best players, and and um and, and we're off on the right foot on that. Again, the more depth you have, the more players you have. I don't care. You put enough talent out there, you don't you don't have to worry about game management a whole lot. You put enough talent out there, and 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 you make a bad call on a play, uh, the guys are going to make somebody miss or get to the quarterback. This this game is about talent, and it's about recruiting. And you get enough players out there, and you keep it simple, and you can run a, a base defense, and not ha- and you can get pressure with four up front without having to bring people off the edges, and you can play standard coverage behind it and just out athlete everybody, and out football play them. And that's what that's where we're headed, and that's the exciting thing about it. This really eased some of the pain from uh, from Saturday because eventually you start stacking those boys up in there, and and they start getting after it again. You it doesn't take a great coach or great coaches when you got great talent. You just line them up and tell them to go, and you don't have to out scheme anybody. You just go play. And Coach Brown's going to build it like that, and we're going to be simple. We're going to get after it, and uh, and the depth is going to be there. We're going to start rotating them in. And it's got to be an exciting time for everybody on, on the recruiting front because that's where it's that's what it's all about. And if anybody tells you any differently, they're crazy. They, they 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 don't get it. They just don't get it at all. Going back to the team that North Carolina currently has on the field, how do they respond having lost such a physically and emotionally draining game? And the talk was, you know, can North Carolina win the coastal? To now, it's like, can North Carolina get to a ball game? So, how do you see this team responding? Yeah, my goal all, all along has been to get to a bowl game. I, I just uh, – it's so cliche, but it really is. You cannot let Virginia Tech beat you twice. And 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 I, I know that's probably being spread around the field, the locker room, everywhere right now. But, man, you got a 4 o'clock game sellout at home, homecoming with the guys from seven miles down the road coming in. You got to put it behind you. You got to put the Virginia Tech behind you. Don't let them beat you twice. Come out with all you, all you've got. Give your home crowd something, you know, get, to get behind and and and, and play hard. I, I don't know really. I haven't been around, you know, the mindset of this team. They seem to be very close. They seem to bounce back pretty well, and and I think our coaching staff will do a great job of 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 reminding them that that you cannot let a team beat you twice, no matter how tough that loss was, and and, and you just got to go back and prepare. And I tell you, our old quarterback, he's a flatliner now. He he won't be flustered back there and. We got to protect him better. We got to run that ball better. And Duke's defense is, is really good. Again, they obviously didn't do a whole lot of game planning for Virginia. They've been looking ahead. They also know, you know, I mean, Cutcliffe knows he can stay enough four or five years if he beats Carolina. So our guys have got to be ready or not. It'll be a long day. I mean, they, I mean, if we get started getting to where we're pointing at different teams and how they've done, they went into Blacksburg and beat them by 35 points. So that ought to be enough to get them ready to play against Duke, no matter what they did against Virginia. And uh, and they're going to get the best shot. This will be the best game that Duke plays all year, and they will not come close. It'll be better than how they played against Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech gave them a lot of turnovers, I think. But they'll be ready to play, and they know that if they just get this one win, then, then all's good and endure them for another 365 days. Carolina has lost nine straight in-state games to FBS teams 0-2 this year. What would you say is your key to how Carolina can kind of reverse that stat starting this Saturday against Duke? You start it by getting better. You get you know, recruiting, you know, and and you build it up, and 
and and and you start believing. You got to find a way to win. You know, two pretty evenly matched teams. I would say. Um, I, I think you know the advantage that 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 Duke will have is is they've they've had the same coach for a while. They've had the same you, you know coordinators for a while. That they know their system. They're, they, it's not new. Find a way to win. Continue to recruit, and and that 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 trend will change. But I, I don't want to get caught in a last. We we've been awful for two years. I mean, we didn't recruit. We didn't play defense for the last seven years. So I mean, if, if you really want to go back and 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 look in the rearview mirror about why we're zero and whatever against you know the the, the power five schools in North Carolina, because we weren't good and we never played defense and we thought we could outscore everybody. So get back to playing some defense, get some stops, uh, don't turn the ball over, um, get running downhill and 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 find a way to win and and then all season recruit your way where 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 you don't have to worry about these these in state teams anymore. Carolina's back at home this Saturday, 4 p.m., Duke at UNC, homecoming weekend for UNC. If it's like any other UNC games, it's going to be exciting. It's going to come down to the wire. Deems, thanks for talking to us this weekend. We'll talk next week. Okay, man. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.